Holy Spirit, speak through my mouth. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Amen. So who doesn't love a good storm-tossed seas story? We're far enough away from the last major hurricane that I felt like I could start that way. <laughs> in Matthew's Gospel, we have two examples. In chapter 8, we find the disciples and Jesus together in a boat, looking to get away from the crowds after a long day of healing miracles. They take refuge together in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and a windstorm suddenly arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep, and they went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now here we are in chapter 14, but this time Jesus has sent them off by themselves. In fact, Jesus instead went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Just as an aside, referencing last week's sermon, this is the first time in Matthew's gospel, a gospel, which is the 14th chapter, that according to Matthew, Jesus went alone somewhere to pray. Our text today emphasizes how different this boat journey is from the last. Jesus is described as there alone, and the disciples as being far from the land. For the first time, Jesus has sent the disciples off without him. So what happens? As happened in chapter, chapter 8, a storm arose. By this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And the word translated here as battered in our text also means tormented and tortured. They were being tormented and tortured by the waves. I highlight this to bring attention to how this would have been for those experiencing it. For us, a storm can be very scary, for sure, but for those living at the time of Jesus, the sea was much more than a natural force that needed to be reckoned with. The sea was chaos. At least since about 2000 BCE, stories in many Middle Eastern cultures describe the sea as the place of chaos, and a type of chaos that is malevolent and which can only be held at bay by a divine force. At the very beginning of creation, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. God brought light to that chaos. God created division between the land and the water, the sky, and the earth, all of this is God, through God's creative power, bringing order to chaos. The disciples are left alone in a boat on the chaotic waters of the sea, and they are afraid. They are even full of fear when Jesus appears to them walking on water. They don't recognize him. 
Does this sound familiar? Does this remind us of any other part of the biblical, especially gospel narrative? Jesus is walking on water, essentially trampling on chaos, defying the natural order of things, like one who has defied death through resurrection. Jesus is not recognized by those who love him and follow him, as occurs when Jesus appears to the disciples after his death and resurrection. Jesus tells them not to be afraid, just like he does when he speaks to the women who sought him at the tomb. And when Jesus tells the disciples in the boat, it is I, at that moment, that they think he is a ghost, he uses a word to describe himself, which is also translated, I am. The divine name God uses for God's self when speaking to Moses out of the burning bush. The story of Jesus walking on water, returning to his community, which was alone, but need not fear because he will not abandon them. It's a post-Easter story. In the middle of Matthew. Jesus hasn't died yet. The version of Jesus we meet in this text as Matthew describes him as one who's already risen, who has already been confirmed as the Son of God. And why does that matter? Because Matthew was writing to a post-Easter community. The stories he was telling were directed to a people who already knew who Jesus was. And they were they're directed to us, we, who already know who Jesus is. And yet, we need to be reminded. We, the church, the Christian community, find ourselves alone in the boat. Jesus has left his earthly form, and we may think of ourselves as alone with the chaos. But Matthew reminds us that we are never alone. Jesus is with us, and Jesus can and does confer great power upon us. Only in Matthew's gospel does the story of Jesus walking on water include the part about Peter. I just love Peter. Peter stands for all of us in this example. He's the representative of all the disciples and all of us here today. Peter is at the crossroads of fear and faith. Peter does not wait until his fear subsides. He steps out of the boat and goes towards Jesus despite his fear. This is courage. He takes action in spite of it. Peter leaves the boat, courageously steps away from the community, Fear and faith exist together just as they do in us, just as they do in the church. I don't think that we are supposed to take away from this that if Peter had had enough faith, he would have been able to walk all the way across the Sea of Galilee on the water. If that were true, then it would also have to be true that if we had enough faith, we would be able to overcome all of our problems, achieving them in an equally spectacular manner. I don't know about you, but I haven't walked on water any time recently. And I've had some problems. So what if faith is not be about being able to walk on water, but believing in the face of all the evidence that God is with us in the boat in the first place? Jesus had not abandoned his disciples. Despite him not being physically present to them when the chaos arose, Christ was there, 
when they needed him, and he came to them as a community. He comes to them early in the morning. The translation here, I think, is, misses some of the specificity because it's actually, he comes to them at fourth watch, which everyone at that time would have known was between 3 and 6 a.m. I mean, that's really specific. He comes when things were at their darkest, when they were fearful. Jesus was present. Now, fear can motivate terrible behavior. You probably all know it in yourself. Sometimes when we're really afraid, we just want to control everything, right? We want to control people and places and things. We want to lock it in because it's so hard to just be afraid. Fear comes from worry that we can't control or change all of these things. And the truth is we can't. The more fearful we become, the more likely we are to hurt ourselves or others in the process of self-protection. We will never really live if we are attempting to control what is beyond ours to control. We will never really flourish if we focus all of our attention on the chaos that is working against us. If we have a small amount of faith and we take small actions courageously, turning to our community, our boat for support and sustenance, then we can do great things. We can do what is ours to do. And there are lots of examples of this, and I'll share one with you today. The Recovery Alliance Initiative here in our own community is a group of people who have come together from communities of faith, government, law enforcement, health care, peer support programs, and beyond. These people see the chaos of addiction in our area. They see people, good people, forever changed by the suffering of their own addiction or the addiction of someone they love. They see lives lost. And these people are afraid. They have fear of what addiction is doing here. And they have faith. They don't have all the answers, and they come together to share resources and ideas to support, to build together, and then to go out again. They come to the boat, and then they walk across the water, and they sink over and over again, and they keep doing it. They do not have it all together, and they do what is theirs to do. Courage, faith, action, A little faith may be all that is needed. Just a few chapters later in Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples that all they need is faith the size of a mustard seed in order for amazing things to happen. And just before our story, more than 5,000 people were fed with just a little bit of food. A little faith 
may be all that is required to help us trust that Jesus has not left us alone in the boat, to trust that we are empowered to do great things, to trust that the chaos can be calmed. At the end of our story today, the disciples worship Jesus, and I love this because the word here doesn't just mean worship, it means prostrate oneself in homage. They fall on their faces in the boat. I mean, come on, that's funny. Can you think about it? Picture it. All the disciples just going down on the floor in the boat. They worship the Lord. They see Christ as Lord, Christ present with them. And here we are today, here we are together in this boat. Let us worship the Lord with all of our hearts so that we too might have just a little bit of courageous faith to go and do what is ours to do.